from the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, this episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor and SAP Global Platinum Partner, Sador. That's S-E-I-D-O-R. If your business is ready to move off QuickBooks, give us a ring. Help us automate your business process and get your business to the next level. Again, that's Sador.com. From mom and pop to large enterprise, we have a solution for you. Now let's get back to today's episode. Our call centers, the place of the past or the future. Let's think about this. So who do we have today? None other than Richard Blank with probably the most unique uh, intro I've ever done and shortest as well too. So it's pretty cool. Richard Blank has the largest collection of restored American pinball machines and antique Rockola jukeboxes in Central America, making gamification a strong part of CCC culture and ccc is costa rica call center which is the name of his business so hey without further delay let's bring richard right on in here business strategy richard welcome to shark bite biz you my friend you just became shark bait i'm so happy to be chum costa rican chum on your show today uh, thank you so much for coming on. We have a tradition on the show. Very first question we ask everybody, what's your background? What do you do for a living? How'd you get there? What do you like about life? What do you think happens after life? Basically, in a nutshell, tell us what makes Richard, Richard. Let's give you a Richard Supreme pizza. I'm from Northeast Philadelphia. Oh, born and raised. Yeah, man. And uh, decided to make Spanish my major. So I built on that momentum at Arizona, moved to Costa Rica when I was 27 years old, started my business 15 years ago. And I'm the CEO of Costa Rica's call center. So it's a journey of twists and turns, but it was the kind of vision quest that I stuck with when I was a young man and decided what to do with my life. Well, that is pretty amazing. And, you know, we do people that watch this show. I know some people watch it, just not every episode. They watch the ones that are more interesting to them, which is pretty cool. But, you know, you went Central America. I went to uh, Northern Central America uh, with Mexico, but then also Peru as well, too, um, you know, and I have built myself from scratch from the ground up like being an 18 year old in Latin America white guy from coal country Pennsylvania as well too learning Spanish becoming bilingual um you know we have a tri-national family Mexican Peruvian American uh so it's been pretty crazy it sounds a little bit similar to kind of how you are and uh what you're doing look how many things we have in common and we just started <laughs> exactly but Obviously, the second language and open mind, being a guest in other countries and being accepted, learning to love it and incorporate it in your life. You and I have seen that this language skills and being a traveler of the world, a nomad, opens so many doors. And so it's just one of the things, but it's not for everybody. I mean, you sometimes have to dip a toe in the water, travel first a little bit before settling down. And you know, seeing if it's the right thing for you. But I tell you what, the, the world's an incredible place if you give yourself a chance to explore it. And no, definitely 100% is. So 
Let's just talk uh, your origin story. I mean, what motivated you to move to Costa Rica? I mean, I personally, I've been to a couple of places in Central America, just got back from Panama a few months ago, but, um, you know, I've never been to Costa Rica. I've heard it's amazing. I heard it's beautiful. I hear there are a lot of Americans there, not as many as are in Rosarito, though, uh, Rosarito, Mexico. But I do hear that there are a lot of Americans down there or expats, as they're called. Like, what motivated you to move down there to Costa Rica? I tell you what, you and I both grew up in Pennsylvania. I remember those snow days when they didn't call your number from KYW News Radio. That wasn't cool, Abington. It should be 301. I should be calling our name. But anyway, it was cold. It was dreary. And you would fantasize about Gilligan's Island or someplace that was much more fun. And so I knew that if I ever had a one in a million opportunity and get get past my parents' guilt, I might take it. So I was really setting up for that barn door to be open, as you did as well with that second language. But no, when when you go up in the Northeast, it gives you a little bit of grit. You have some backbone. We're competitive with athletics and life. and, And I like growing up there. I thought the changing of the seasons and it's a nice culture, the colonial homes and the warm cozy fireplaces during you know the fall and the winter you can't beat it but the row homes in philly but we needed a change just to test ourselves and to see if we were one trick pony or if we could accommodate to other different areas and so me being a spanish major i was able to use that language outside in tucson arizona at the university of arizona all the world's a stage so if you think about it it was much easier for me to do that compared to another sort of major plus David, I'll be straight. I didn't have the maturity or the grades for Ivy League or for medicine or law. Oh, same here. I didn't go to college till later in life, till the Great Recession, when I was forced to uh, go to college because, you know, I used to be able to get good jobs when I was younger just because of experience and track record. And then during the Great Recession, things changed. They were like, yeah, we want that, but we also want people with a college degree. And because of that, I wasn't able to, you know, it it was hard. It's what led me down the path that I'm on and where I'm at now, because I ended up having to do independent consulting and stuff like that. And it was bringing American company stuff into Mexico and eventually down to Peru. And it kind of was a blessing in disguise because for all those, like you talked about grit, having that grit, um, you know, it was gritty for me, you know, like pulling teeth, trying to make things work uh, during that time period. But I eventually did get out of the rut. And now, you know, I wouldn't say top of the world, but I feel like I am starting to ascend to a higher level. And it's because I left, you know, I'm not from Philly, Philly. I live by Philly now, but I'm originally from Pottsville, the home of Yingling. And, you know, that's coal country, Pennsylvania, which is, you know, entirely different than if I lived up in Philly, who knows, maybe I would have never wanted to move. But being there, I, I wanted to just get the heck out. Well, in Costa Rica, you meet people from all over the world. They're looking for the same thing you and I did, maybe to shed some skin or at a later stage in life when you have your maturity, you could look at things differently. But I tell you what. It's unfortunate that you were forced into an education, but hopefully some of these people inspired you to do some dedicated practice or some pondering. I I feel education's 50-50. I I think a teacher can't pull you over into the end zone, but they should be good enough to inspire. 
And I've had teachers along the way, not just pay it forward, but encouraged me to write better, to continue my studies in Spanish and humanities and art. And it was nice. It, it wasn't the pressure of having to pass a test, cheat in class or hustle my way for a certain grade. These teachers knew the score and they would allow you to take a test or write a paper or come to office hours if if A is what you want, then you got to earn it. But they wanted to prepare you with your balanced bike. And so I respected them. They really made you earn that grade. And if you put in the time, you got it. But then again, it wasn't punishment when they asked you to elaborate or to practice your grammar because it was miscommunication. And so you have to respect that person that has so much patience. You have to, you have to show the dedicated practice to the teacher in order for them to start mastering levels and and going to other levels with you, David. So hopefully through that sort of university education, you got that. It just wasn't a forced march where you just had to get a piece of paper. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because um, it, it felt like a lot. There are some things that I learned, but to be honest, a lot of it I've already passed through in life. Like I remember the one marketing class. In fact, I'm friends with the professor till this day um, who's out of Scranton. and. Uh, I had to argue with him final exam. Technically, I flunked. I'm like, dude, I've been doing marketing my whole life. And the way these questions were written, and I, I went through every single one. And I'm like, no, in the real life, this would not work. Why? Because of this and because of this. Yeah, it looks good on paper, but this isn't how the real world works you know and i think that was the difference between me being someone that was out in the work field since i was 14 then going to college when i was in my late 20s early 30s compared to someone that was fresh out of high school is like i had these real life experiences to compare against and you know i think he gave me credit for every question except for one of them, which he was like, no, I disagree. I still think this is right. But I'm like, okay, you know, he gave you 44 other ones, so I'll let you go on one. But uh, let's uh, move a little forward and start a little bit about, you started a company from scratch down in Costa Rica. What company did you start and what does it do? Well, February 6th of 2008, I closed my first deal for one seat. For Costa Rica's call center, we're a nearshore bilingual dedicated call center that focuses on outbound sales, lead generation appointment setting, inbound customer support, back office support, and non-voice support. Any type of specific niche you go for? Well, we're known for our inbound customer support. Companies such as Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle have a very large presence here. And the skill set, the neutral English accent, the infrastructure, the proximity to the United States, the stable government. I mean, the ducks were all in a row. And when I had the opportunity to come here, I was only supposed to be for two months. My friend wanted me to come down to teach English at his call center, a really good friend of mine from college. And as I was mentioning earlier, barn door open, parents' guilt wasn't there. And I saw my opportunity. And I decided to stay. So I learned the business from the inside out, not from sea level. And I got to see the good and the bad. But guess what I did learn? This is the real life experience, my good friend, you were mentioning earlier. I, I realized that people just want their dignity. They don't want to feel expendable. They don't want to feel like robots. Know somebody's name. Really sincerely appreciate the work. And I said to myself, if that's all it takes to be a real coach like the bad news bears, 
I'm going to do this. And so uh, I realized that by incorporating gamification, my pinball machines in my arcade, and by personally knowing their names and teaching them soft skills, walking rows and breaking bread, I might have that sort of base foundation that you and I grew up with where you want to come back the next day. You don't want to quit the sports team. You want to do a little bit extra, not just to impress your teacher, but to impress yourself because you're, you're really into this to win this. And so I, I try to be a different boss that they've ever had. Don't, don't fear me. How do you try to be different, like a different boss? Because everybody tries to be different, I think. But the way you emphasized and the way that came out of your mouth, it sounds like you have something special there that you're trying to say by different boss. Sure. And these are little checkpoints. You need little first downs before touchdowns with people. I can't expect them to sign a contract and devote their life for me. Why don't I ask them to tell me a coming of age moment during an interview? Because you're already qualified and I don't want to see your bells and whistles. I want to see in the moment if David asks you an incredible question to know your depth. Are you capable of expanding and telling a little bit of something about yourself, especially the time, my friend, when you beat up a bully or saved a kitten? Let me see if I can give you a cool nickname that day or pick you up on a rainy Tuesday. And that's the sort of thing where if I find the right sort of fit, no bad habits, but someone willing to be coached and to delegate and grow with the company, then, then I'm finding my dirty dozen. I, I have 150. I don't have 50,000. So I could be exceptionally selective of the campaigns and the agents. So it's, it's a luxury. But then again, when you find the perfect fit, you win championships and Listen, the fact that the people have been with me over a decade, it's humbling, especially the fact that you and I are from Pennsylvania and we're here. In, in, these type, in this world where people leave in two, three years, you know, and that's an average career at a company, people staying for a decade plus, I mean, that is, uh, that's rare loyalty these days. Yes, you're in Costa Rica. Yes, the culture is a little bit different, but I, I think even down there, I mean, staying with companies for your whole life is still is starting to get a little bit more old fashioned, is it not? David, let, let's keep going on to what makes me different. I'm still on that momentum. Knowing your name, but calling the balls and the strikes. Come on, Pennsylvania boy, you know about giving that Northeast guilt. I'm going to tell you how it is, but I'm not just going to beat you up and twist the knife. It's not fair. I'm going to first ask, may I make a suggestion? So yes, David, you say yes. So then that eliminates any sort of defense. Now we're cool. And then prior to telling you your tie is not straight, I'm going to give you three stories about myself to put an anchor there and to explain how I've experienced that as you're mentioning this maturity and gray hairs that we have over the younger students in your classes. So explain to them these sort of passes that you went through. And so I can level that playing field. You're in my wheelhouse. Don't think you can dance this. I can run around it five times to Sunday and teach you a nice after-school special lesson. So why don't we calm down here? Because maybe your teacher, your best friend, your mentors drop that ball. You're with me now. You're with David now. And we're going to treat you like a mature adult, give you the benefit of the doubt, and see what you can really do if you can eliminate any sort of blockage. And so you ask what I do differently. I can't buy it and I can't spin it, 
But if I can understand exactly who you are and realize that I will give you a straight shot at, to the top, I find aces and I find winners. And if you're really young, then you're the squire to the knight. They're even better. Then we can really cultivate those skills. And so I like uh, personally, I like younger sales reps because uh, not that they're young in their sales experience, but they're young in their ERP sales experience with what I do at Sador, because then people like my sales rep, Jake, for example, he has all the sales skills, but he's never had a coach or a mentor like me. And now we're putting it together and we just won his first deal. And it's going to be the first of many. This kid, not kid, I mean, he's 36, but this you know, younger executive is going to end up being an all-star within a few years. You know, here's my virtual high five. Ah, there you my go. Main man, rock <laughs> on. And you know what's cool, David? You're creating a company culture. That's what I was brought in. That's that's part of the reason I was brought in. It's like, and part of the reason why I came because it was like, hey, what we had wasn't working. So it's gone and uh, come in and uh, build what you need to be built and, you know, do it. And, you know, I've been building that. I mean, like transparency, honesty, uh, even with things just as lead distribution, stuff like that. I mean, you got to remember, I've been a sales rep. I know how it is. Like, hey, why don't my boss do that? Like, and it, it you know, makes me upset in the back of my mind. Whereas if the boss would have just came out and said, hey, look, just so you guys know, I'm giving Jake this lead, not Neil. This is the reason. Decision final. Okay. And then maybe two months later, but they all know that it comes back. It'll be like, hey, Neil. Remember, I gave that lead. That should have been yours to Jake for a specific reason. Well, here's one from uh, uh, Jake uh, that you're getting to take that back because what goes around comes around. But I do it in the open so that everybody knows what's going on and there's no mystique. You know, it, it takes that away. And I feel that by doing that, it allows a more open, transparent, happier culture because people don't feel like, someone's going behind their back trying to stab them. My main man, there will always be mystique. Oh, there will always be, but I limit it a little bit. I look at it like this. Athletics is the greatest way to gauge merit. If you're the fastest can jump the highest, you win. And so if you put everybody on a level playing field and give everybody the resources, the person that rises to the top, everybody else has to understand they won. And we do it through very strict quality assurance KPI. So I can grade people on soft skills in the 10% wiggle room, but 90% of this thing is, is cut and dry. And there are some people that are just hitting perfect shots. That is absolutely, absolutely true. One thing I have, and maybe you do or do not agree with this, uh, it'd be interested to find out, is I believe Okay, so me personally, I feel like I'm a chameleon, okay? I feel that, and I say that to the sense that I, I, I can meet your personality, I can meet your tone, or I can figure out a way that I need to be in order to communicate effectively with the person I'm talking to most of the time. And I say most of the time, and this is where the question is, I feel everybody can't sell somebody. There's always one person out there no matter for what reason, 
personality mismatch, they just don't like the way your face looks, whatever it means, you will never be able to sell that person. But I, I view that's a very rare occasion. That's like a 99 out of 100 type prospect things. But when you realize that, that's when, again, because you have to always be, you know, reviewing and growing what you're doing to get better and learning from your past, you realize like, hey, I'm not going to be able to get through with this person. So I'm going to hand it out to someone that can potentially sell her. Um, what do you think about that whole philosophy, that whole spiel I have going on? And hey, it's my show. If you disagree, you can freely disagree. We believe that anybody that does sales prospecting and runs the risk of rejection we like to give them romantic deaths. <laughs> I've got to write that one down. Well, good. We jump clouds. David, if I could say Shark Bite Biz podcast before you hang up, I get a point. If I could name drop you, I go, David, how are you today? Get another point. If you ask me, who's this? Not in a negative tone because you're curious because I said your name so well, and I thank you for asking. I mentioned my name is Richard Blank, and then you say, who's Richard Blank? Now I got the double-double. You asked the follow-up question. And guess what? We're already 15, 20 seconds in. Those are two good, long, deep breaths. So at least it gives me a chance 100 times a day to properly introduce myself prior to pitching because you, you get the pass to pitch. And if you have the luxury to speak to a gatekeeper, you give a positive escalation. When you get transferred, you do it written and verbal. And... These are the sort of soft skills which will at least put me from a half court to at least a foul shot percentage in regards to pitching. Of course, I'm going to miss a few, but I tell you what, I built a business on just being very courteous and doing meeting minutes and following through before the end of a business day and being forthright with no surprises the way that I was raised. Now, mind you, India and the Philippines offshore, they're half my price. Why do people choose me? Well, if it's on merit, we can do it. But if you're asking me to double the production in the same amount of time, it's almost impossible. There's only so much talk time. But I've been able to earn accounts because of that sort of sight unseen trust. And people would like to work with a smaller company that gives you that sort of extended service. And so- And it sounds like value to me is what you're talking about. If you want it to be. You're, you're, you're a sales rep. <laughs> Imagine being on hold for a long time. Where is that? Workforce management. You didn't staff properly. How about people that don't even have customer service live departments and you have to fill out omni-channel non-voice forms and wait. You're going to elevate to your pop. And so- it depends on how much you value a client. Could they give you a referral? Could you sell them additional services? And, you know, you might retain them. Or they might even make suggestions on what to do to sell them two scoops of ice cream. And so you, you take everything into consideration. And some people you're mentioning today about business, loyalty to companies, how they treat their clients. Well, it's not just me being old school. It's just my hard-earned dollar. And, and I don't need backflips. And people swallowing swords, but my goodness gracious, let's, let's just have a deal where everyone meets in the middle and I feel comfy and I want to come back. But if you happen to remember my name, my favorite dessert, and you make me feel really comfy on a, on a sad day or a day where I'm celebrating, then by all means, I'm going to go there for the next 20 years. That's great. You know, I, I've got to say your perspective, attitude, personality 
it is it, it it's unique i mean to be quite blunt with you and i find it uh kind of like we just used the word mystique you know like uh it, it's got this this vibe this aura of energy that uh i don't know i kind of find it inspiring in a way with how you're talking about these things and the passion that you are talking about it when you're talking about it. it it just you know like i just see it leaking out from all pores of your body it's amazing so i mean I do want to go into, though, there is one topic before we go in. And that was a compliment, by the way, just so you know. That was a good, uh, nice compliment. That's why I didn't interrupt you. You can keep going. My mother's watching. This is great. I was trying to make you comfy on on a happy day. But I want to talk about one last topic before we do end up wrapping up. Okay. First off, you did give some kind of advanced marketing, telemarketing strategy ideas, you know, couple minutes ago when we were talking today i think it's a little bit of the challenge like i have my sales reps out there prospecting um and they're getting a lot of broken numbers a lot of a lot of people change jobs during the great resignation during all the layoffs stuff like that uh remote work to where you're not able to reach people directly anymore and you get in uh you know the name directory hell i guess we'll call it and it, it it's made it a little bit more challenging for us to get people on the phone when we do get them on the phone it's usually pretty decent it's a it's a start you know and then we build off from there but it does make it a little bit harder to get people on the phone what's your secret if you can share without the you know spilling your secret sauce all over the place of course i'm going to give the pennsylvania secret sauce yeah there you go it's whiz no i'm only kidding you have to offset the lower contact ratio with more of a quality call. But then you're gonna say, Richard, how is it a quality call? It's a cold call. It's a cold call because of the list. It's a quality call because you might be able to put yourself on third base. Well, I wanna I wanna interrupt you right there because I wanna to talk to my specific scenario, which I think many people probably uh, are feeling out there with me too. Like for example, we have a list, like you're saying, which is the cold call list, but it is a very, very, high targeted you know down to the sick codes of businesses uh you know zip codes even every like it's very targeted on what type of people what type of company we're looking for and i think many of our viewers are the same way they're looking for a specific person and they may have that list but their problem is then actually breaking through so sorry for the interruption but maybe that can help with what you were saying to frame it that way it definitely helps because a list like that i could load into a predictive dialer and really you know pound the phones and carpet bomb compared to manual dialing but if it's a list like that my suggestion is if you have the luxury of the time just do a little bit of due diligence there are websites and linkedin profiles it may assist you with updated and third-party information definitely company culture you could complement loading docs second locations in my case, my Art Deco building neon lights and my pinball machines. You mentioned that. I'm giving you five minutes, yours to lose. But getting back to that, why do we do this? Because you're speaking to less people, but you have better conversations. Because if I'm looking at a LinkedIn profile, 
mention Pennsylvania, look at all the things we had in common. I mean, obviously, even if I was selling a widget that you didn't need, we have way too much in common and these two ships are passing at night, we'd have to wave and talk for a couple minutes and wish each other well on our similar journeys. And so in this crazy world of circles, there are some crisscrosses. And if you're gonna do this from time to time, you put your chin up, your chest out, and you represent yourself and the company in the best light. I get a lot of, yeah, we're good, thanks, but at least I'm gonna say, David, good morning. So even if you hang up on me, I'm like the fool card as the tarot walking off of the cliff, sniffing the roads. You have to not go into this with fear. They're black and blue from these phone calls. And if you get passed around and you speak to Billy in the you know, mail room and Kathleen in accounting, when you speak to David, you mention how great some of these coworkers were, and he's going to be like, you're the first person to ever see these things. And so you need to be a painting, stopping a print. And if you grind these calls, you're going to hate it. It becomes a forced march. But then you just can't go out there as a fool. What you need to do is to have structure and discipline, but really show active interest in something and live in the now. Because there will be something you hear in the background. Someone says something, something that's happening that you can anchor. And then you pull. And as I'm mentioning, you get these first downs, 30 seconds to two-minute checkpoints of confirmation questions, tie-down questions. Trans, you know, you got to have transitional sentences with people. Just don't, there's no straight lines in nature. You need to have bridges in between these islands of conversations by asking people if it makes sense. Oh, that's great. So this next thing I'd like to discuss. And so you're, you're dancing. Kind of like this podcast. Exactly. That's why you do a great podcast, David. Oh, thank you so much. But it shouldn't be a chore with people. And they shouldn't be checking their watches. When they say they don't have time, 10 minutes should go by. And so you should really take each call that way. So don't think of the numbers. You could have that one call that could recommend five people. So then there's your whole day. And so everyone just needs to slow down a bit. And if you're trying to connect with people, do it the real way. You've definitely given me a little bit of a different uh, perspective. And just listening to you speak about this, it has given me some ideas on some things that we may try to implement and change. And yeah, we mean, we've done like the LinkedIn, looking up LinkedIn stuff and all of that. But I think it's more the approach of how they're doing it is what will ultimately make the difference in our success rates. Because that's where we are struggling, but we're also building it from scratch with our BDR team and stuff like that. Custom-made emails, custom-made voicemails. It doesn't have to be the whole thing, but back in our day, there was something called Mad Libs, where you put in an adjective and it can make the sentence funny. And so custom make the intro, two or three things in the body to anchor, and then a beautiful conclusion to show that you did a due diligence. You, you don't need to review the whole LinkedIn profile, but there are a couple of things there that you could mention quickly in the body to let him know that, my goodness gracious, how much time did he spend reviewing the company? Very nice. So you're asking about voicemails and emails. That's where you get your percentages of callbacks. That's where you can net them. You're hunting right? You're hunting, leaving the voicemails, hopefully the message in the bottle hits. And then if you do do a good email or voicemail that carries, it comes back. And so it's not the same as your contact ratios before when everyone was picking up. But then again, maybe you don't want it that way. 
it's better almost filtering to see who calls you back response to the email because that could be their preference of communication compared to voice. And so you catch people that would prefer that. And so um, if you're good at what you do and you're very, you have an eye catcher and you're really good in your subject matter <laughs> and you give positive escalations, don't be surprised if you can match, if not exceed those old numbers with less work. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So since you have spilled so much knowledge to us today, I'm going to give you one minute, one whole minute to tell us what you love about pinball machines. The fact that I can afford them now. <laughs> because growing up, they were so expensive. And Ricky Schroeder had the best arcade and silver spoons, and it wasn't fair. And so just like Tom Hanks in the movie Big, look at his disposable income. He got trampolines and all those games in that awesome loft. And so for me, I'm an owner of a company, but I'm still a kid. And I combine the two. You got to have fun. Got the greatest arcade in Central America. 13 pinball machines. Got an air hockey table. Six arcade machines. Jukeboxes. That is awesome. Hopefully you have Aerosmith on those uh, jukeboxes somewhere. Oh, without a doubt. But here's the skinny. When I bought them here, you figured you would get a cachet of Aerosmith. But no, it's all Central American artists from the 60s and 70s. Not even La Bamba's in there. And so that's crazy. So anyways, Costa Rica's call center, Richard Tell us where can people find out more about your company? How can people reach out to you? Thank you, David. They can buy a first-class plane ticket and come visit me in Central America, but they also can go visit my Costa Rica's Call Center Facebook fan page. We have close to 118,000 local Costa Rican wow. Chico's. Give your audience a chance to know the business process outsourcing industry in Central America, what we do. But also, David, when this goes live, look at all the new fans that you will have. And Oh, yeah. I That'd can't be thank great. you enough, thank my brother. You. I had a great time today. And naturally, you bring the best out of your guests. Uh, thank, well, it's pretty easy when you're having a guest as amazing as you are. So, Richard, thank you so much for coming on. I love what you're doing. I mean, it really comes down to helping businesses grow and how to be a good boss. I mean, that's how I, that, that's like the two core messages I got out of today. Well, just like us being in Pennsylvania and the Broad Street bullies, the Flyers took it home in the 70s. And so sometimes you got to be a champion, even if you're one of the newer teams in the league. Or a backup quarterback against a legendary seven-time Super Bowl winner, right? Exactly. And, and your <laughs> audience shouldn't be hard on themselves. Entrepreneurs, they need to start somewhere. There's only so many kings there are more princes than kings out there. And oh, so just yeah. remember that. Yep, definitely. Hey, Richard, thank you so much, my friend. This has been awesome. Thank you, my friend. Have yep. a good one. You too. Cheers. Wow, that was an incredible chat with Richard, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked some warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit the like button, smash that subscribe button, but also please share us out because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business. Share it out, us out to your friends, your family, anywhere you can, anywhere you dwell on the interweb. I'd love to see nothing more than Richard Blank and also uh, his Costa Rica call center out there, uh, you know, trending. Let's do it. Now let's get back to the real rock star of the show, Richard. Great hearing the unique enthusiasm that Richard has for call centers and all the advice and expertise that he gave us about how in 2023, post-COVID, post-work-from-home, call centers still do work and they can be effective, but it does seem like it's a little bit harder, to be fair. 
that was probably one of my favorite interviews. And Richard, you are such a unique character. I really love you, dude. Awesome stuff again, Richard. Thanks for coming on, sharing your expertise. And please check out the Costa Rica call center business. I'll have the link down below in the description. Question of the day. Thoughts on call center? Dead or alive? Leave a comment down below on YouTube or on Spotify. Do you want to be in the show? Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. We had a little bit of delay. We'll be scheduling soon. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, please join the channel. $3 a month. You can become a baby shark and support the channel. Every dollar in is every dollar that goes out. And we want to thank again our sponsor of the show, Sador. Sador, thank you so much. If you're a business, a small to mid-sized business, even large enterprise, for mom and pop large enterprise, and you're running antiquated software or something like QuickBooks or Spreadsheets or, God forbid, Microsoft Access, uh, please reach out to Sador.com. Reach out to me directly, and we'll get you hooked up with a system that works for your business. You all know this by now, but I'll say it once again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Ciao. You just experienced Shark Bite Biz with David Strasser. Please like, comment, and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal, professional, and business growth. Want to be on the show? Send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. A special shout out to our sponsor, SAP Platinum Partner, Sador. Get off QuickBooks and move your business to the next level. Reach out for more info. Thanks for listening and see you next time.